Tonight, I want to speak to you on a very interesting subject of recommendations, qualifications, and promotions. What a title. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank God for his mercies. We believe that the Bible teaches us everything about life. In fact, in Joshua 1.8, God came to Joshua and said to him that if he obeys the word of the Lord, he will make his way prosperous and then he will find good success. And I want you to understand that in order to find good success and make your way prosperous, the word of God has enough information, direction, inspiration for the people of God. As I said a few um, couple of weeks ago, that when it comes to prosperity, it is the will of God that we prosper. To prosper is not a bad idea. It is when we allow the prosperity to stop us from worshiping God, then it becomes an evil thing. But when we are able to control it, because the reason why you were brought to this earth, apart from serving God, is that you need to survive on the earth. And to survive on the earth, you must find something to do to become successful, to make progress in life. So it is a good thing to make progress in life. It is a good thing to be prosperous in life. It is a good thing to get a good job and get a good pay. It is a good thing. And it is the will of God. Amen. So if God wanted us to just come to heaven after we become born again, as soon as we become born again, everybody must die. But if you continue to live, it means that there are some things you are still supposed to do on the earth. And to survive on the earth, you must be prosperous on the earth. And God is not nervous to make us prosperous. Amen. And the scripture tells us that it was he who said it. And I want us to look at Psalm 35 verse 27 and then I will take you to the title of the message tonight. Psalm 35 verse 27. You need to bear in mind that when God created the first man and put him on the earth, he gave him a job to do, to till the ground. So that the earth will yield its increase and is supposed to eat from it. So if the earth did not produce its fruit, Adam would have starved. And God would not have rained anything from heaven. It means that the way he ordered the earth, when we arrive on the earth, we must have some skill. We must be able to apply that and then he commands blessing upon that work and it becomes fruitful. It becomes flourishing and then we get blessed and we'll be able to manage our lives on this earth until he decides to call us home. Hallelujah. So poverty is a very bad idea and you must not entertain it. It is not spirituality at all. The, even the streets in heaven is made of gold. It tells you that God wants his people to make progress and to do well. That's why you were born as a baby. But somewhere along the line you begin to grow. You see you are making progressive changes to your life. And so it is the will of God for the believer to be mindful of the fact that God wants you to be fruitful and to multiply and to make progress. In Psalm 35 and the verse number 27, it says, let them shout for joy and let them be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God has pleasure in the prosperity of his people. Amen. Amen. Now, in order for us to be prosperous, we need to be gainfully employed. 
We need to have something that we are doing. We need to have some skill so that we can make progress and become fruitful in life. Adam was given the skill of being able to till the ground and to farm the ground and to be able to eat from the fruit of the ground. And the Bible tell, teaches us that this is the pattern by which God blesses his people. When it comes to the blessing of God, God will always bless us through people, as I have always taught, and especially through my book on the blessing of relationships. But I want you to understand that as I teach these things, you will see that every blessing you see in scripture is based on some recommendation. Even when we get educated and get qualified, getting a job, you will realize is still linked to someone recommending. Either your professors will recommend something or someone will link you to an advertisement. Whatever be the case, there is always a recommendation for a particular position. But when we get into that position, do we have the skill to actually fit into the position? Because you see, the blessing of God works when we have the skill to be able to justify the position. So the recommendation is necessary. The position is key. And then when we occupy the position, we must move on to promotions. Because the higher we get promoted, the more money we make. Hallelujah. And money is good. Glory be to Jesus. The Bible says money is a defense. It means it's able to defend you from disgrace and from poverty and shame. Amen. Amen. And so the Bible tells us this is how things work. You realize that if we heard of Peter, if we heard of a man called Peter, and he became an apostle, there was a progressive change in his life. There was a level and a status that changed because he met Jesus. But the Bible tells us it was Andrew who recommended Jesus to Peter. And Peter was brought to Jesus. And then later he became an apostle and an author of at least two books. There was promotion from the life of a very vulgar fisherman on the streets of Galilee, right to the level of becoming an apostle and a member of the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son. What a privilege. But someone recommended him. Amen. And Peter had to grow through the system and, uh, and rise to the level where he got to, to the point that when the first church was planted, he was the pastor that was preaching on the day. What a blessing. In the same way, we see that throughout the scriptures, life Progress has come by recommendation, but I've also discovered in the word of God that somebody needs to be suitably qualified to be able to justify the holding of the office. And when we do it skillfully, then promotion comes. Then the blessing of the Lord comes. Amen. And this evening we will look at some three characters in the scriptures whose life follow this pattern. And you see this is how God has always operated. So God will always let someone recommend you for a position. Even when God created a vacancy, you must have preparation because God will work with your skill to that office, to that job, to that position. Amen. Your survival on earth is linked to your ability to have some skill, to manage the resources God has given you, to turn them around and profit from them and live in Jesus' name. So God will cause someone to recommend you favorably this month in Jesus' name. But when you are recommended, will you be able to live up to expectation? When the recommendation comes, 
Because when we pray for God to open doors, he will open the door. The door will be another person who will recommend you to someone else. And I want us to look at Proverbs 22:29 and learn some lessons from there and we move on to our first character who will be King David. The wisdom of God is what we need every one of us. The Bible teaches us that when the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives, one of the virtues he brings to us is the spirit of wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to correctly apply knowledge. That is why we all have the knowledge of the driving test and how to drive a car. So you are tested in that knowledge. But when you are left on the road, you need now wisdom to apply that knowledge because you don't expect that everyone attended the same school with you and have the same behavior and respect for road traffic regulations. So whilst you are driving and you are approaching a junction, it is you believe that traffic will be giving way to the, to the right. But it is possible that the person will not. The person coming from your right may not. The person coming on your left may not stop. And it's expecting that he too he wants to quickly cross. You need wisdom to stop. Otherwise, you will crash into them. <laughs> it's true someone may be tailgating you, but wisdom tells you that you don't abruptly apply your brakes because he will hit your back. Yes, you put him in trouble, but that will also inconvenience you. You'll be late where you are going. So we need a lot of wisdom, much as we have the knowledge to move the car, you need a lot of wisdom to be on the road. In the same way, we need wisdom to apply the lessons in scripture so that we can become very, very successful and very prosperous. God has pleasure when we prosper. Amen. Amen. In, some, in Proverbs 22, verse 29, it says, observe people who are good at their work, who are skilled workers. They are always in demand and they are admired. And they don't take a backseat to anyone. Hallelujah. The Bible says skillful people take a careful look at them. They don't take a backseat to anyone. They are not told, well, we have shortlisted six people. We're we, sorry, we can't have anything for you. Your skill can't be ignored. But that skill must be developed even when no one is watching you. So that when recommendations come, the position will be available in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we get into that, because recommendation will bring the position, but do we have the skill to justify why they must give us that role? That's why I'm leading you tonight. That even when you don't have an audience, keep on practicing in Jesus' name. It says, observe people who are good at their work. This evening, I encourage you to be skillful at your work. As I said a couple of days ago, it doesn't necessarily have to be a university degree. But whatever it is, because not every job really requires a degree. But the skill is the thing, the skill. Nobody can ignore a skillful person. You remember when God came to recommend Bezalel and Aholiab to Moses, that they are the ones he has chosen to specially handcraft the things that must be in the tabernacle he said i have anointed them with skill skill is key and so we must be very skillful at what we do amen, amen. well sometimes someone may have a very good skill at actually braiding the hair you may not need a degree for that but sharpen your skills maybe you need communication skills so you can take a course in that if a university runs that course praise god you want to add that to your 
credentials, hallelujah, but actually develop the skill and be very creative, and you see that it opens doors of financial prosperity. So when we pray, may we apply wisdom to build our skills, amen. And then the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24 and the verse number 27, it says, so the 22, 29 I read was from the Message Bible, if I was sounding very strange to you, because probably you are looking at New King James Version. But in the Proverbs 24, 27, it says, do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Skill development. Amen. Skill development. The old King James says, prepare your work outside first, in the fields. Make it fit for yourself. Be skillful. Master the whole thing before you come out to showcase it. So that when you are recommended, the recommendation will be justified. That the people that God will use to recommend you for a position, for a job, for a role, they will not be put to shame. You yourself will justify it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because your prosperity is linked up to your skill. I want us to look at David, the man of God. Before he became the man of God, the man had a certain understanding of wisdom. He was a young man but it was full of wisdom. And we want to look at some Davidic principles here that brought him success and brought him before great men. The Bible says the man's gift, the skill will make room for him and bring him before great men. They don't take back seats. They are brought always to the front. The Bible says that King Saul had rejected the commandments of the Lord and therefore the Lord had rejected him. And whilst God rejected him, the Bible says an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. That means that God permitted an evil spirit, but it doesn't mean that God has evil spirits is being releasing. He, he lifted his protection over him and allowed an evil spirit to torment him, give him some kind of mental health problems that was not making it possible for the king to sleep. He had mood swings, and I believe that he may have been suffering from what medically would have been described as a schizophrenic condition. And this man could not sleep to the point that his servants saw his predicament. And I feel that God was looking for a job for David in the palace. You know, sometimes we are all looking for palace jobs, but do we have the skill to get in there? And the scripture says that in the verse number 14 to 23... I want to read that from the message Bible translation. It says, at that very moment, the spirit of God left King Saul and in his place, a black mood, an evil spirit sent by God settled on him. He was terrified. Therefore, Saul's advisor said to him, this awful tormenting depression from God is making your life miserable. Oh, master. Let us help. Let us look for someone who can play the harp. And when the evil spirit from God moves in, he will play his music and you will feel better. Verse 17 is key to what we are talking about this evening. Saul the king told his servants, go ahead. Find me someone who can play very well and bring him to me. Verse 18 says, one of the young men of the king one of the officials of the king spoke up and said, I know someone. I have seen him myself, the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. 
an excellent musician. They were not just looking for someone to make music. They're looking for an excellent musician. The king had a preference. He says, look for someone who is skillful. As we pray to God to bless us, as we pray to God to open that door, to get a role in the palace is a higher role. Not many people get royal duties to perform. Not many people get employed by the queen of England. You need to be very skillful. The king is not just going to let anybody into his court. You must have the skill to justify why you. And the Bible said the king gave a preference. Someone who is very skillful. And the scripture says one of his officials said, there is someone I have seen. There is someone I know. I have seen him myself. I know he is an excellent musician. He's also very courageous. He's of age. He's well-spoken and good-looking. And God is with him. Can this be your CV? Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, the King James says, prudent in matters. A prudent person opens his mouth with wisdom. He's very, very intelligent, sharp. They quickly appraise situations and are able to find solutions quickly. They've got such a brain and such a mindset. They are very good critical thinkers. And so many times we think that God just brought him to the palace. But the guy has some qualifications. Amen. So when the recommendation came, the man who recommended him, he had seen him. Ladies and gentlemen, David had not come to the king. At this point, nobody knows him. But he had a skill and he has been developing and exercising it privately secretly in the fields based on the proverbs scripture we read which tells us that prepare your field prepare your skill prepare everything in the background in secret when no one is seeing you and then when the moment comes for your showing off you have developed enough skill to appear so for david to qualify for the palace it's not just the anointing sometimes we disgrace the anointing the anointing is on our lives. A door opens, but we don't have the skill. We make it look as if when we are anointed, we lose our conscience. We lose our thinking. See, the anointing, the unction of God does not mean that you should lose your gumption. Are you here? The unction of God doesn't mean you lose your, your gumptions. That means that the anointing rather should enhance your critical thinking skills. The Bible says David had certain unique qualifications. So when God opened the door, somebody saw him already. He wasn't on any bill, but he was actually performing. He was practicing. He was exercising. He was doing everything. God created a job vacancy for David. But I want you to know that regardless of your audience, practice your gift. In Jesus' name. I wrote something down here whilst I was preparing this afternoon. I said, practice in obscurity what you intend to become in your moment of visibility. Practice in obscurity what you intend to become in your moment of visibility. Practice in obscurity when no one is seeing you. Practice all that you want to become. When it comes to preaching, practice it yourself. Stand before the mirror and preach to the guy you are seeing in the mirror. So that you maintain all the necessary ethical behaviors. 
and practice the talking and the preaching and your gestures and everything. Practice preaching, practice everything, practice your skills, practice the singing. Imagine a crowd and stand there and sing, sing the solo, as I'll be expecting Madeline to do one of these days. <laughs> Hallelujah. So practice in obscurity what you intend to become in your moment of visibility. And David was doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, the guy has practiced even how to throw a stone from a sling. That's why he told King Saul, this thing about your javelins and spears, I don't have the skill there, but give me some stones. Because in the background, he has been practicing with stones. So that when the moment of visibility comes, when the recommendation comes, David did not just fight Goliath because God's anointing was on him. King Saul had to recommend him. The recommendations moved from one stage to the other. From the first people he spoke to. Remember the message I shared two weeks ago? And then, his, then Abner, the army commander, also heard him. Then it was Abner who recommended him to the king. And the king recommended that he goes to fight. The blessings of God, the doors of God, will always come through recommendations. And when we go through those recommendations, we must have the qualification to fit in there. David had the qualification. Hallelujah. It was not a degree, but he has built his skills. And he knows how to conduct himself that without an audience right there in the back of the, of the bush where he has been taking care of few sheep. He has been practicing with few sheep. He has been singing and playing the harp alone. And I'm sure as he did that, somebody was passing by and may have heard that music and wonder what's going on here. And they see just only one guy in the bush with sheep. But music is coming from the place. Probably this officer has passed there many times. David didn't need a crowd. He has been building himself, preparing for that moment of opportunity. As you pray for God to elevate you, I want you to begin to practice the skill of what you intend to become. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the king had a need. Only David could meet that need. God engineered the circumstance to cause David to get to the, to the job. But his qualification and secret practice ensured that he maintained the job. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So the Bible says that the man said, the, the man we are talking about, he's got the following qualifications. He's very skillful at playing. He's a valiant man. He's a very courageous person. Sometimes we are giving roles and then we, we are not bold to take it. Develop courage in Jesus' name. There are certain offices that you'll be put in and you may just be thrown onto the thing. The thing will just be handed to you. At least show some courage and take it. In Jesus' name. Even when you're afraid, just manage to take it. That confidence is necessary to also push your way in leadership in the name of Jesus. And so the Bible says, David had these qualifications. He was a mighty, valiant man. A man of war. Prudent in matters. He knows how to speak. He knows palace protocol. He knows how to communicate in royal settings. He may be a fisherman, but he has learned all these skills. And they have to. You see, they were looking for somebody who can play. But you realize that they need all of this. Because you are going to address a king. You have to be able to talk to a king whilst the king is going through this crisis. You are prudent in all matters. That is why no matter what David saw in the bedroom of the king, even the moment where they had fallen out, David never publicly used it against him. 
The ability to wisely handle confidentiality in certain settings was necessary. It was a qualification here too. And the young man, by the Spirit of God, has the knowledge to know that he has all these things. The official said in his recommendation letter, I have found the son of Jesse. He's a very skillful man. When we pray and the moment comes, would you be described as very skillful in the role that you want to apply for? Because that will open the door for the prosperity that you have been praying to God about in Jesus' name. And the Bible said, and they said, and God is with him. With all the skill, may you have the presence of God with you. And you see, you don't say it. It was this man who also said, God is with him. I don't know where this official of Saul managed to observe David from. But when God is opening spiritual doors, may they also observe your lifestyle to know that you can be trusted. I've seen a Muslim looking for people to employ and came to me and asked if they can have some Christians from our church because he wants those sort of people. Can you imagine? This is England. Praise God. This is England. When we were in Abeud, he came all the way to see me and asked that they, he needs at least two people because he finds that they will be very honest people. That God is with him. Even unbelievers, they look for righteous souls to manage things for them because they know that you will not steal. But would they know without you telling them? Would they observe you? As David didn't say, he, God is with him. The man, someone in the king's palace, had observed him for a while. You don't know who has been observing you, but may your skills speak for you. When no one is watching, keep on practicing. Keep on exercising. Keep on developing the skill. Keep on doing all those things. That moment will come. Don't give up because you made one application and it didn't go through. Keep on writing. Keep on bettering the CV. Keep on Preparing yourself for an interview. Keep on interviewing yourself. Sit down and interview the guy in the mirror. Talk to the lady in the mirror. Do all those things. And mark yourself sometimes. And see whether you met the threshold. And submit yourself to another to take you through the same thing. And gradually you'll be developing yourself and building your credentials. And God is able to bless from there. Hallelujah. And that's how the blessings of God come. And that's how prosperity comes. And that's how David got the job. Let's look at it. Let's look at it as we try to complete David here. And the Bible says, so Saul, based on this recommendation, based on this recommendation, Saul sent messengers to Jesse requesting and said, send your son David to me. The one who tends the sheep. They've known everything about him. So Jesse took a donkey. See, this is a very organized home. The father also understands ethics. That even though my son is being given a job, because he's the palace and he's the king, you don't, send to the, you don't approach the king empty-handed. So he still prepared some wonderful things. Took a donkey, loaded with a couple of loaves of bread, a flask of wine and a young goat, and sent his son David with it to Saul. It shows that by the time the boy arrives, the palace realized that he comes from a home that understands royal protocol. Skill. Skill. And then the Bible says, David came to Saul and stood before him. 
Saul liked him immediately and made him his right-hand man. Promotion. Promotion. He liked him immediately. It means that from, from his appearance, from his conduct, he hasn't yet played the harp. They said he's very skillful already, so that has already opened the door. But the guy hasn't. He has got skills, interpersonal skills. He has got the skills of communication, of appearance, of organization. When he stood before the king, he looked like someone who can really play the role of an adjutant of a king. And the Bible says he was immediately made the right-hand man. Church, watch it carefully. This was not what was advertised. They want someone to play. But further skills has opened the door. That you are not just going to play. You are also going to be my right-hand man. You're going to be the adjutant, the aide-de-camp of the king. That means you travel with the king. Your salary, per DMs, everything changes. Your, you see, the prosperity begins to show up here. Because you get certain allowances. Apart from the allowance, the salary for playing is now different. The playing salary will be there. The, the right-hand man salary is also there. And when you travel with the king, you also get per diems. So your prosperity changes. Levels have changed in Jesus' name. So much as we believe God for levels, I want you to know that skills opens the door for levels to change in Jesus' name. And, and the Bible said, so he was skillful in all these areas on, on human relations. He, he was skillful, very young man. And Saul liked him. Then by verse 22, Saul sent word back to Jesse. And he says, thank you. David will stay here. <laughs> uh, I thought it's nine to five. He'll go home now. We've given him uh, accommodation in the, in the palace. He, he will stay here. He will stay here. He's just the one I was looking for. I'm very impressed with him. And after that, whenever the bad depression from God tormented Saul, David got out his harp and played it. And that will calm Saul down and he'll feel better as the moodiness lifted. Amen. Amen. So we see God created a job vacancy for David. But J David had to justify his inclusion. Why the position? So God, I have found out from the word of God, that God looks at our skills and also promotes us. If David had gone in there and doesn't have, have all of this, he will lose the job and then we say, it's some devil. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it is the lack of wisdom and understanding of how God operates. Tonight, may you have wisdom in Jesus' name. So at every level of your life, learn some le lesson from there. Build a skill. They thought they've thrown David into the back of beyond. His brother even mocked him to say, with whom have you left those few sheep? But whilst he was there, he realized he has a skill he can play. And he developed, he didn't say, I don't have an audience. Let me sit down till I get the audience. You won't get an audience until you practice yourself. Nobody will hear about you until you have developed the light that is in you. The Bible says, let your light shine. So you must let the gift shine. You must sharpen it. You must improve yourself. If you need to read something, read. You must study, study. Observe whatever you need to do. But practice the skill in obscurity. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you know, maybe you, you know, there are people, sometimes they think when they marry, they will learn some things. Listen, when you come around successfully married people, learn something from there. At your level, just be learning something. Learn something from there and apply it when your moment comes. In Jesus' name. Learn something each day from there. Training, steady, put value on yourself. Practice the skill. 
your career, your ministry, your teaching. Regardless of your audience, I can't stop emphasizing this before I move on. Regardless of your audience, practice your gift. Amen. Regardless of your audience, practice the skill. Practice it. That's, David was doing that and he didn't know that someone was watching him. Sometimes you don't know who is watching you. Sometimes the door that may open may appear insignificant, but you don't know who may come there after you left there. And they will recommend you to another place. And that's where your breakthrough will come from. God doesn't work in a vacuum. Amen. Our next example is our brother Joseph. Another young man. Wise. Just like David. Filled with the spirit of God. The Bible says that Pharaoh had to dream. Because God again, just like David, was looking for a job for Joseph. Ladies and gentlemen, God can create vacancies. But what is your qualification? God can create vacancies in the highest of places, but what is your qualification? Sometimes your training ground for you may not be that prestigious office. It may be that moment and that place of persecution, but be wise and learn something from there. Sometimes what you need to shoot up to the highest level may not be the platform of a prestigious place. It may be the platform of a place of persecution, but learn something from there because you will need it when you rise. God doesn't do things for fun. Whenever we find ourselves in any stage of life, there is something God wants us to get to and prepare us for the next level. Hallelujah. So, if we look at Joseph, we will also see that much as there was a prophecy over his life, that he's going to rise, that he will become great, that his brothers will bow before him, that he'll be a leader, his leadership training did not take place in a university. It took place in the University of Adversity. <laughs> adversity is a whole university. When you lack wisdom, you won't see it. But the man was sold twice. His dignity taken from him. To sell a human being itself is to bring him to a place of no dignity. And to be sold twice, you are finished. And then to be falsely accused, no one was created to take it. And David was, Joseph was falsely accused for standing for what is right. And with all of this, you wonder, where am I going with this? How would this man's promotion come through? The way God took him through adversity, he learned very well. He passed all his modules. So when the moment came for promotion and recommendation, remember that when David, Joseph was put in prison, some guys were brought to prison. They met him there. He still practiced his prophetic interpretation skills. Remember at 70, he has been dreaming already and interpreting it. And his brothers also know. And he's got it there. Now he was so twice, that's the time to be angry at God. I won't use this gift again. But he was using it. He was exercising in obscurity. He was practicing in obscurity what he will become in this moment of visibility. So whilst in prison and nobody was seeing him, he was still exercising prophetic gifts and practicing it and putting it to, to, to use. So some people came to prison and they dreamt and he told them to tell him the dream and he exercised the gift, practicing it there. When you don't have a tournament, do one yourself. Organize one yourself in prison and begin to practice it. First, 
Ask people whether they have dreamt or not and interpret it. That is Joseph practicing the whole skill there, making sure that this thing doesn't go rusty. Because you see, that gift, that gift is what is going to open the door for his promotion and his blessing. That, that gift is the key to his blessing. He may have prayed and asked God, Lord, how long would you look upon me whilst I stay in this prison? Is this your idea of my brothers coming to bow before me? And all of that. But Dave, the Bible tells us that he was practicing his prophetic skills. Even in prison, he sharpened so when the promotion came, he qualified for it. Hallelujah. I found out the Lord will work with your skill. He will work with your gift. He will work with your area of expertise. Your blessings, your prosperity is linked to what you can do best in Jesus' name. And in Genesis chapter 40, we are told that Pharaoh became very angry with his two of his officials. And the Bible says that they were put into the prison where Joseph was. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 to 23. We will not read all of that. I will skip it and just tell you what is there. And then we will pick on where I wanted us to read. So the Bible says they put him in the prison. And while they were there, they both had a dream one night. Let's look at verse number 6. Genesis chapter 40 and the verse number 6. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. They both looked upset. Here, this man, you two, you have been put in prison. Wouldn't you mind your, your own business? Whether some people look upset or not. You see, sometimes we go through adversity and we get fixated on the adversity and fail to see the opportunity that is around. But the promotion of God is linked to some recommendation. And the recommendation will come by good behavior and conduct and relationship. So much as they came to prison and Joseph is minding his own business, he wasn't hostile to them. He was friendly to them. He showed that he cared. And he asked them, I can see you guys are not happy today. Me too, I'm in the same position, but at least I can see that you, you are not happy. Let me find out from you what is the matter. And the Bible says they, they told him what they dreamt. And the Bible says that when Joseph saw them, he asked them that they were worried. They replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Then David said, Joseph said, interpretation of dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. And he said, in my dream, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom. And soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand. So I took a juice. I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means. Then Joseph said, the three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cup bearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison. And, but I did nothing to deserve it. Much as he wasn't happy, he's still exercising his gift. He's still practicing it in obscurity. Even in prison, he was exercising it. He didn't need an audience, but he was doing it. Then the Bible says in the verse number 16, when the chief baker saw 
that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation. He said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. Joseph said, this is what a dream means. The three baskets also represent three days. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. See, that's why you can't have a book that is interpreting dreams and say, if you dream this, it means that. Three branches, we were told, represent three days. Now we have been told three baskets also means three days. So if you are writing those books, how are you going to put three days? Baskets and branches, the Holy Spirit is the one that leads in each of them. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the Bible says, this also means three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and kill you. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Verse 20, Pharaoh's birthday really came three days later. He prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned the chief cupbearer and the chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh killed the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forget all about Joseph and never gave him another thought. He forgot about him. His breakthrough has come. He's gone. He left the man in prison. But the point is that the man, Joseph, his conduct, his promotion, and everything was linked to the fact that regardless of his circumstance, he was still developing his skill. Amen. Remember that he has also learned, he had also learned administration during his days in Potiphar's house and also in the prison. When he was in Potiphar's house, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 39 and the verse 1 to 6, that when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded. You see, when God is with you, you must succeed. Amen. He succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Remember, this sounds like the official in King Saul's palace. He also said, the Lord was with David. What is it about us that others can observe that God is with us? May we position ourselves in the way that as we walk with God and as we serve God, may it be so obvious that God is with us. In the name of Jesus, it's part of the recommendation. Remember, when they realized God was with him, Potiphar then promoted him. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal assistant. Have you seen similar to David? The man was given some role to play and he discharges so clearly, so skillfully. And yet they could see the fear of God around him. They could see he doesn't get involved with the other servants in all kinds of foolish talks and stealing of little pastries here and there. And keeping change. And going to buy things, all the materials that are needed for the home, the groceries and everything. And he still comes back and says, 100 pounds. Meanwhile, the thing was 50. 
He wasn't doing any of all those things. They could see that there was something unique about him. The people in Babylon observed there's something unique about Daniel. That they realized that it was his prayer life and the anointing on him. They said, let us stop that from happening. Let's stop him from praying. Daniel still carried on praying. There is something that you need about the presence of God. It adds something to your breakthrough in Jesus' name. And the Bible says Joseph was made personal assistant. Slave, status have changed. I told you, status changes. Amen. And then the Bible says, then he put him in charge of his entire household. And everything that he owned, the promotion is moving on. Because he could see skill and he could see God is still with him. Ladies and gentlemen, God can be with us, but without a skill, it makes no sense. You need a combination of that. And the Bible says that he put him in charge of his entire household. First, personal assistant. Then he became in charge of everything in the house and everything that he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. When your skill and your righteousness and your service of God brings the presence of God with you wherever you go, because of you, your business, where you work, whatever you do will begin to prosper. And then the Bible said, the man then, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household and all his household affairs ran smoothly. His crops and livestock flourished. Verse 6, further promotion, further promotion. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Wow. With Joseph there, he didn't need to worry about anything except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. The anointing also makes you very handsome. Glory be to Jesus. I'm sure when I'm 100, I'll still be like this. And people will not believe it. They'll go and argue about it. They are still even doubting I'm 50. <laughs> that doesn't sound real. <laughs> I'm running around the place. They think I'm some 17-year-old. <laughs> it's the anointing. The Bible says the Lord is the agent of this. He doesn't change. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. The Bible says that Joseph received levels of promotion because of the skill. And what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that the bigger place, at this level, he was slave, but he had attained some status. He's getting better food than the rest of the slaves. Now he determines what everybody will eat. He's the one in charge of administration. Everything, all the properties of the man. And all the other slaves are under his control. It's not only the grace of God. The man also has some skill. He knew some organization. His father was left with 12 children, 12 boys and one girl. I believe he taught all of them how to cook. He got a food for his brothers. He knew how to manage all these things and bring it to his brothers before they sold him. Jacob's wives have died. He was left with only his sons. And so definitely he had learned some things. And when he got in here too, he didn't say that this is not what I'm looking for. God told me in a dream that my brothers will bow before me. You can't wait for your brothers to bow before you. You need some skill to put you in the office where they will come and bow before you. It just doesn't happen in a vacuum. So whilst in obscurity... Where his brothers were not there, he was still practicing administrative skills. The University of Adversity was teaching him administration. 
studying admin at the University of Adversity, BSc administration. Then he moved on to MSc admin in the prison. They falsely accused him and moved him into prison. Another higher level of adversity, University of Adversity. That one is PhD level. Falsely accused and put in jail. And the Bible says whilst he was in jail, the captain of the, the prison, the head of prisons, made him head of all the prisoners. And he was in charge of administration also. Management of people, management of food, management of things, scheduling rota, all those things. These were very necessary. And then the Bible tells us that Joseph was put in charge of all of this. And therefore... Much as he was there and doing all of this, these people also came into prison. And he still managed to relate nicely with them and interpreted their dream. And we can see later on in the chapter 41 that the Bible says, finally, when this man spoke, the Bible says that the Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't interpret. God will give you a job. The CEOs of this world will dream a dream they can't interpret. You'll be the one necessary to interpret it, but you must have the skill to get in there to interpret it. There is a company that is looking for what you have, but make sure that you have honed the skills. You have developed it. When you get into that interview, it shouldn't take too long. Just like the statement of King Saul, the Bible says, as soon as David stood there, I don't know how the exchange went, but he immediately gave him the job. And as they observed this man, he was in slavery, but they observed that he could manage things. He knows how to organize things. Don't lose your skills because of where you are today. You may not be where you want to be, but wherever you are, I want you to offer an excellent service. Skill development. Sharpen it wherever you are. Because the breakthrough you are praying for will soon come. But I want you to know that would you justify the position. When the recommendation comes, when we recommend you, when we write recommendation letters, would you fit in? When God himself opens the door, would you have the skill? Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says in chapter 41 of Genesis that the Bible tells us that the Pharaoh had a dream. The time has now come for the prophecy that was given to Joseph at the age of 17 to come to pass. The man was now 30 years old. He has been to the University of Adversity for 13 years. What kind of course is this? This is more than medicine. <laughs> and then the Bible tells us, when that moment came, it doesn't matter who forgot you, God will still use them at the right time. It looks like he hasn't finished the thesis. He needed two more years to complete the thesis on the thing. That's why the, 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 the butler forgot about him. But God has not forgotten about him. People may forget about you, but God hasn't forgotten about you. It doesn't matter whether they don't want to be the ones to bless you. God can put pressure on them at the right time and compel them to still open the door for you. But before you get in there, make sure you justify the recommendation. That you have the skill. Develop it in the background. Even in prison, develop it. Don't be upset with your condition. Whatever it is, learn something from there. God wants you to learn something where you are. I believe as a church, God wants us to learn something where we are. That's why we must still be very active in soul winning before we move into our promised land. Otherwise, we will get there and we are too small for the building. And then we will look every Sunday and say, people didn't come to church. No, it is our number. Just that the building is too big for us. 
So that's why this time we must be preparing ourselves to do all those things. So that when we get there and God begins to bring people, we have what it takes to stabilize them, to handle them, to grow them, to nurture them, and to develop them in the name of Jesus Christ. So you don't wait till you get to your promised land before you start doing things you will do in the promised land. You develop all of that. That's why when they left Egypt and they were coming, God set up the administration's administrative structure of Israel right in the wilderness before they got there. They didn't say we are not going to have children till we get to the promised land. They were having children in the wilderness. Because if they got to the promised land and they were few, the land would devour them. The beast will multiply than them and kill them. You need a numbers to enter the promised land. So they were actually having children, having naming ceremonies and dedications. God didn't wait for them to get to the promised land before he allowed the tabernacle to be constructed and the ark and everything needed to be made of gold. He was raising qualified people long before they get there. You don't arrive in your promised land until you have prepared yourself skillfully. So when you enter the promised land, it's not that we are now going to ask, hey, uh -huh, uh, what do we do? Um, uh, who's going to be in charge? No, everyone is organized already before they arrived. And they knew what they were supposed to do. It, the Bible said the children of Issachar, they knew what Israel ought to do. They didn't get to the promised land before. They knew before they arrived. Your promised land is waiting, but you must develop the skill to handle it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Joseph was brought in there. And I want us to just look at the response of the king. Amen. Genesis 41. What you will need at your future promotion will be available as training at your current station in life. Whatever you need for your tomorrow at that place is currently available now at where you are. It may not be a pleasant one like the way Joseph's own was, but develop something in Jesus' name. 41, the Bible says Pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't interpret it. He called for his magicians. All of them could not interpret it. And then the Bible said, verse 9, Pharaoh threatened to kill them. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. He said, today I have been reminded of my failure. He told Pharaoh, some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me. And you imprisoned both of us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night the chief baker and I, I had each had a dream. And each dream has its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man. Recommendation. Hallelujah. Recommendation. Now he stated the guy's qualification. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison. He was a slave of the captain of the guard. Doesn't matter. We told him our dreams and he told us what each of our dreams meant. What if he had refused to exercise his skill in prison? He said, there's no one here to watch me. I mean, I, if I look at myself, I, I need to be standing before an audience of 10,000 people. What is these three people? If you are giving three people, preach with your spirit, soul, and body. Preach all the revelations. Prepare. Read the word. Bullshit there. You never know who is watching. Amen. That's how God does things. So this man, even in prison, was exercising his gift. And look at the breakthrough. So the recommendation was linked to his qualification. Tonight, I ask again, what is your qualification? So he said, we told him our dreams and he interpreted them correctly. And everything happened as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer. 
the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh immediately sent for him. Remember when the same recommendation was said of Joseph, they said immediately, King Saul said, bring him to me. May when you are recommended and your credentials are listed, may they send for you immediately in the name of Jesus. May they stop the whole interview the moment you turn in. And the moment they speak to you for about five, ten minutes, may they decide that the rest can just go away. May they just call HR and tell them it's over. We've got the one we are looking for. May it be, be you. May it be you in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought in from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. See, his organizational skills again is there. He had to do all these things to show that he has really integrated very well. Then the Bible says, then Pharaoh said to him, I've had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. I've had a dream, a vision for a business. I've had, this is the dream of what I want to do in, my, in, a, in the business that we are setting up. Maybe British Airways calls you, they want some kind of somebody to manage something. They want somebody to manage the embarrassment they are causing themselves these days. That big firm that you are dreaming of, they will, God will cause them to dream. And when they call for you, may it be that you have what it takes to get the work done in Jesus' name. And so he said, I have heard about you. That when you hear a dream, you can interpret. David Joseph said that the power to interpret dreams comes from God. God can tell you what it means. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. And he mentioned how he saw seven lean cows and they were eating seven fat cows. How he saw seven sick-looking um, cows that were being eaten, um, that were eating the seven well-fed ones. And then he also saw how he saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. And then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And the shriveled heads swallowed the healthy heads. Uh, when, when does corn start eating corn? And God, verse 25, Joseph responded, both your dreams mean the same thing. Skill, skill of interpretation. And not only that, but organizational and administrative skills were also there. And then the Bible says, God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The seven healthy cows means that there will be seven years of abundance. And the seven lean cows and the seven sick uh, corn heads also mean there will be years of famine. And it will appear as if there has never been prosperity even on the land before. And therefore, when he said all these things, the Bible says that the two dreams are similar and they have been decreed by God and it will happen very soon. Then the Bible says in verse number 33, then Pharaoh said, he said to Pharaoh rather, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Let them gather the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouse. Store it away, guard it, so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land. Otherwise the famine will destroy the land. Verse 37, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Look at the recommendation again. They are saying that God is with him. The intelligence he demonstrated, the administrative wisdom he showed on how to manage the economy was striking. He's not just there because of the anointing. 
The position he was going to occupy was not a religious one. Are you here today? When we are anointed, the anointing comes with many things. In every area of your life, may you have the wisdom to develop your skill. And may you understand that every station of your life is a university to learn something. In Jesus' name. Your breakthrough is linked to where you are. Learn the skills of where you are now. And the Bible says, Pharaoh then said to Joseph, verse 39, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, Clearly, no one is as intelligent or as wise as you. You will be in charge of my court. And all my people will take orders from you. People have been taking orders from him from Potiphar's house, from the prison. He's gotten here. The man has organized himself. They are now, this is at the highest level now. Glory be to Jesus. The promotion is linked to the skill. You will be in charge of my court and all my people. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. The thing is just moving on there. The promotion is moving from one level to the other. First, he said, all those in the court, one level. Remember Joseph? First, he was in charge of Potiphar as just personal assistant. Then he became the one in charge of everything. Then he became in charge of all the administration. When he was falsely accused and put in the highest university, there too, he was made in charge of the prison and was in charge of everybody. What they ate, the rota, for those who are going to weed on the farm and all those things. He did all those things. And you know that his food will be better than theirs. If everybody is giving one ball of kenke, he will have six. Yes, because promotion comes with a lot of things. When I was dining hall prefect in sixth form, Everybody is entitled to two balls of kenke in the dining hall. Mine is the whole pantry bowl. The pantry bowl has 20 balls of kenke. So people, especially those in the Christian fellowship, they love apostle. Disciple! Disciple yeah, because they, 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 they will finish this, but they know that there will be enough in my, in my corner. And they get into my cubicle, there's quite a lot of kinkies there. Yeah, so the Christian brothers were enjoying And I was really fulfilling scripture because I'm doing good to those of the household of faith. Praise God. So I know that, that if you are in charge and you are prefect, at least when it comes to food, 20 balls of coin cake is yours. The rest are entitled to two. So Joseph will have more food, more privileges, better place to put his head. Hallelujah. Skill is speaking. And when skill combines with anointing, promotion is guaranteed. You will be in charge of all the people. And the Bible says, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand, placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing, hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in his chariot, reserved for second in command. You see, he's getting a car. Very good car. Then they gave him a wife too. <laughs> Mrs. Potiphar realized that the guy is solid. <laughs> they gave him a wife. You see, it comes with what we call fringe benefits. Amen. May your skill add on to the anointing. God does not anoint empty heads. We don't lay hands on empty heads. There must be something you are doing. That's why we ordain. That's why we, we lay hands. They are doing something already. I have found David, my servant. He was already serving the Lord. The Lord said, I have found him. And with my holy oil have I anointed him. The guy was doing something already. And when the anointing combines with it, there will be an explosion. Tonight, as a child of God. Aim for prosperity. But I want you to know God works through a process. Your gift is necessary. In Jesus' name. And we develop skills in all those things. 
the ability to communicate effectively with people is very key. The Bible says that Joseph was given a new Egyptian name. He was also given a wife who was called Asenath, the daughter of a priest. Joseph took charge of the whole land. Verse 46, he was 30 years old when he began serving the court of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. Blessings and promotion. Finally, tonight, Rebecca. 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 Again, we see this woman qualified to be a wife because she had some skills that Abraham was looking for. She was, he was looking for not just a wife. Again, there was a recommendation. Abraham was determined that Isaac would not marry anyone from Canaan. He was so determined that he called his servant and told him that I know I'm about to die very soon. Sarah, my wife, is dead. But we have a covenant with God because where we live, God has told us that he's going to bless us here. However, he doesn't want us to marry among them. And my child, Isaac, is the one that is going to carry on the prophetic blessings that must come to all the nations of the world. And I don't want him to marry anyone from this place. So I want you to go to the place I recommend. I don't know anywhere, but I want you to go back to my hometown, back to my father's family house, and find a wife for my son Isaac. So there was some form of recommendation that the lady that must be married must come from a particular house. And they are looking for certain virtues in her. It was a difficult thing because Abraham was very, very old at this point and was almost at the point of death. And the Bible tells us that the place was so far that this servant who has served Abraham all these years was the one that was tasked with the mission to go and look for a wife. This time they are not looking for a job, they are looking for a wife. Amen. And there are certain qualities that was being required, especially when you must be the one that the prophecy of God must pass through because for Israel to be born and for Judah to be born and out of the line of Judah, we shall have a David and out of the line of David, we shall have the Messiah, then this woman must qualify properly. Amen. So there was a criteria. It's not just the anointing. Do you fit the criteria? And because Abraham had taught all his servants how to work and pray and seek God, when he sent this servant, he made him vow a vow and told him that he needs to go and bring a woman for him. They don't know who the woman is, but you go. And the servant prayed and told God a few things. And I want us to look at that in Jesus' name. Verse 10 of Genesis chapter 24. And the verse number 10. Genesis 24 verse 10. The Bible says that. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the tie of his master. Sorry. Then he loaded 10 of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master. And he traveled to the distant Aram Naharaim. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. Then he prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing here beside this spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. 
This is my request. I don't know any of them. There are too many these young women. Which one have you selected for my servant, your servant? So the guy did a very prophetic prayer. Interesting one. And he said, this is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a, drug, a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, I have a drink, and she also goes on further to say, and I will water your camels too, then let her be the one that you have selected as Isaac's wife. But they were looking for some qualities. Because if you speak to her, she's not going to snub you. She's very nice. She's nice to strangers. She knew how to do certain things in terms of etiquette, human relations, care for not only your water, but immediately if she has the wisdom to immediately realize that the candles I came with were also thirsty, that she also provide for them. I want to see all these qualities in this woman. Will she be able to do this? And so he said, Lord, if the woman who comes does all these things, then that's the one you have selected for, for, for your servant. So the Bible said, Verse 15, before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming. Coming out with a water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milka. Rebecca was very beautiful, old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. She's respectful. She obeys the parents. She goes to fetch water. And brings it. And she knows how to fetch water from a well. She's not a lazy woman. She has got all these organizational skills. You don't wait to be a wife before you start learning to be a wife. Amen. You don't, you don't wait to be a husband before you start learning to be a husband. You learn some of those things as you observe those who have become husbands and those who have become wives. And observe these things and learn some skills from there. And know how to communicate and handle yourself so that you can manage your home. Your parents are not coming to wash things for you. That's not the time you get married now. You, you don't know how to use a washing machine and you are reading manual. You don't know how to operate it at all. You are standing by the thing from morning till evening till your husband returns. Because you were not doing it. You don't do it till mommy comes and does it. And it's been going on and going on for all these 20-something years. Now you get married and you don't know anything. You can't fry anything. You can't cook anything. <laughs> you don't know how to bake anything. Nothing. And here's a man who don't know where to put his socks. Every time they are on the floor. Very dirty. Recycles them. Wears the same trouser for six months. You don't know how to handle a woman. You don't know how to organize a home. So now when people say they want to come and visit you, they shouldn't come. Because you don't want them to see the mess from the entrance of the house to everywhere in the house. Rebecca knew how to fetch water. Knew how to do some few things. And the Bible said, she lowered her jug to her shoulder, gave him a drink. The Bible says, verse 17, she ran over to her, and the servant said, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she answered. Have you seen the etiquette of communication? She didn't say, What is it? Who, who are you? Where are you coming from? She didn't say that. Some people have destroyed their breakthrough with their mouth. 
and they are praying at another 21-day fast for a husband and a wife. The Bible said, she said, my Lord, wow, have a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels too. Wow. Well cultured. I will draw water for your camels too. She already has a presence of mind that if somebody has traveled and come, their camels were also thirsty. And she went and did all this. She quickly emptied the jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all the camels. The servants watched in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his, in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring, amen, for her ears and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Then he asked her, whose daughter are you? And please tell me, would your father have any room to put up, us up for the night? Then she answered, I am the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, and we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for the guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, that has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. She's so responsible. She's not hiding anything from her parents. She went home to say, this is what has happened on the street. And this man has given me these things and brought them home. And then the Bible says, he had seen, then Rebecca had a brother named Laban. Remember him? Yeah. <laughs> Who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the, the ring, the bracelets on his sister's wrist and heard Rebecca tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. 31. Laban said to him, come and stay with us. You who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have enough room ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban. Laban uploaded, uploaded the camels, gave them straw for their bedding, etc. Food was served. And Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I've told you why I came. All right, Laban said, tell us. I'm Abraham's servant, he explained, verse 34. And the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. Have you seen Abraham was wealthy? God is not nervous when we become wealthy. In Jesus' name. So the Bible says that he narrated the purpose of his visit. And why he has been told that he doesn't want Isaac to marry any one of the lo local Canaanite women. But rather go to the house of his father and, and get uh, married there. And so that is why he came. And he explained in the verse number 42. So today when I came the spring, I pray this prayer, O Lord God of my master. Let me have success in this mission and this is what I put before you. Let it be the lady who says these things and have these qualities. And then the Bible tells us that he, when he finished narrating all of these, the Bible tells me that in the verse number 49. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, the Lord has obviously brought you here, so there's nothing we can say. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. Verse 52. When Abraham's servant heard their, their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. 
Then he brought out silver and gold and jewelry, clothing, and presented them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. This is the basis of the traditional marriage, you know, that we have in Ghana, and, and especially the Ghanas. You know, these are the things where they come and they sing and do all those things. Then they bring all the gifts for the bride. This is where it starts from. And that's why we, despite everything, and that's why they gave to the brother too. And it's part of our tradition, especially as girls, or whatever they do. Their brother, if the lady doesn't have a brother, they'll have to find a cousin who is standing in as their brother. So that he too, he will be blessed. It's a way to make him not fight the men that come. <laughs> so they can secure their place. And make sure that he will hand over the lady at the right time. Now, but they gave all these gifts to the parents and to the brother and to the lady. And then they came to the most important aspect, which tells you this house is very organized. The man woke up in the morning and wanted to go immediately. And they said, well, it's true that we said you should take it, but we have to ask her whether she wants to go with you. Amen. And so the Bible says, so they, in the verse number 57, we will call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca and asked her, are you willing to go with this man? They asked, and she replied, yes, I will go. And you also notice that in the traditional marriage, that question is always posed to the bride. They have come to do everything. Do you really want to go? The father always asks the lady, do you want to go now? Because if you say, no, fine, we'll keep the things. We'll ask them to get out of his house. <laughs> because we are not sure whether you are agreeing. But we can see that there was recommendation for her but it tells you that she was also well-disciplined. She qualifies for it. Amen. I don't want to bear you with too much scriptures, but when we go down further on all the way to the verse 62, the Bible says that finally the servant took Rebecca and they gave her some other servants, house helps, and they all made their way back. And the Bible says when she saw Isaac, verse 63, let's look at 63. As we end the message. One evening as he was walking and meditating in the fields, Isaac, he looked up and saw the camels coming. And when Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. She's realized he's come into a territory and he sees a man and she shows respect again. She comes up quickly and then she asks the servant who had brought her, who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant, and he replied, it is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. It was a symbol of respect and honor to a man, to a husband. And so in, in their culture and tradition. And the Bible says, and we still do that in the, in the traditional marriage. You see that the lady is covered as she was coming. They do all these things. <laughs> these things were all picked from these scriptures. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. The lady sitting on my right, their moment is coming. <laughs> then the servant told Isaac everything he had done and Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother Sarah's tent and she became his wife he loved her deeply and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother Rebecca had certain qualities it's not just the anointing but she had skills in hope organization. She has skills in handling people. She had people management skills. She had all those things. She know how to respectfully communicate. I pray in the name of Jesus that everywhere you want to get to, learn to practice that in obscurity. When she was being nice 
at the roadside with the man. She didn't know what was coming, but her good qualities, the behavior she has built on, the skills she had, she shows it everywhere, and she doesn't even know that this was going to be the final breakthrough, that she's ever going to be the mother of that great servant of God, that man whose name finally becomes the name of a nation, the man through whom God will bless the whole of the world, Jacob, who became Israel. Can you imagine the level of promotion? But what made that possible was the etiquette, the skill, the skill of respect, organization, home management, all those things. Rebecca had it and she did excellently well. I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that when your skill precedes you, God will make a way for you in the mighty name of Jesus. May you be recommended in Jesus' name and may your qualification lead to your promotion. In the mighty name of Jesus, wherever you are, I just want you to lift your voice and begin to pray that God will give you wisdom and knowledge. May you look into yourself and do some self-inspection and see where, where is my gift? Because sometimes we have studied things that we really don't need. And sometimes your skill and your ability to break through to another level is linked to something else. May you look into yourself. May you do a skills audit today. By the spirit of God and by the wisdom of God. May you learn how to do something well. It's one thing to desire to have a business. It's another thing to develop the skill of running a business very well. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.